We read from Romans chapter 12, reading from verse 14. You can find it on page 1139. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. This is the word of the Lord. And now John will come. Let's pray. I ask, Lord, that the words of my mouth and the thoughts of our hearts will be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. So, 100 years ago tomorrow, Britain declared war on Germany. It wasn't the start of the war, as many people think. Russia and France were already at war with Germany and Austria. But we had signed a treaty with France to protect the independence of Belgium. So when Germany invaded that country, we were drawn into the conflict. In those days, Baston Hill was a much smaller community than it is today. There were just over 650 people living here. 38 of those men who enlisted and went to war never came back. Their names will be remembered in the service later this morning. And so that was the beginning of the terrible carnage that ensued on the battlefields in France and, of course, not forgetting the many other parts of the world, such as Gallipoli, where there was similar destruction of life. And we have listened to words from the letter to the Romans this morning counseling people to live in peace and harmony. I don't think many people, whatever their faith or creed, would disagree with the advice in that passage. 
Live in harmony. Do not repay evil for evil. Live at peace with everyone. All of us would much rather be at peace than at war. We know wars don't solve anything. And we want to be able to get on with our lives, to live in security and without fear. We know that conflict causes untold suffering and those who suffer most are usually the ones who haven't taken up arms. But what is more surprising is that those words we heard read from Romans were written by a former jihadist, someone who had been waging a holy war against people he thought were blasphemers and enemies of his God. His name was Saul, and in Jerusalem he had supervised the stoning to death of a leading follower of Jesus. Then he set off for Damascus, intent on taking his jihad to the Christians there. Now, the very mention of Damascus and jihad in the same sentence reminds us that this is not just a story of long ago. In Syria today and throughout the Middle East, the flames of jihad are raging, forcing millions to flee their homes and live in refugee camps, cut off from their whole way of life, struggling just to survive. The misery is untold, and politicians are warning us the troubles could spread to our own land. So what happened to this jihadist Saul, turning him into Paul the Apostle? Someone who could write, do not repay evil for evil, live at peace with everyone. The answer, as I expect you know, is that on the road to Damascus, he met a heavenly vision of the risen Jesus Christ who asked him what he thought he was doing. As he recollected that encounter later, he realized he couldn't live with his own conscience, that the one whose followers he was persecuting had been a man of peace, even praying for his enemies when they put him on a cross, Father, forgive them. So Paul was pulled up short by the realization that there was a better way for humanity. And Jesus had lived it and died for it. Paul's writings are full of descriptions about how when he met Christ, it was as if he had become a new person. He was overcome by the knowledge that even though he was a guilty sinner, hating and plotting against those he saw as enemies, God had loved him and in Jesus had offered himself on the cross to save him. Love your enemies. That was what Jesus had done. And that must be Paul's own code of conduct. So for the rest of his life, he dedicated himself to the service of the one who had revealed his love, even to him, a former jihadist. In the many Letters written home by soldiers on the front. I quote just one from somebody writing in the trenches in October 1915 to his mother. I must confess that times come as I think about this war and I am a broken-hearted man. How hopeless and devil-ridden the world seems. 
I have gazed at times across the German lines and fired at enemies. But at other times, I have stood at night on a desolated battlefield and looked down at the still forms of dead Germans. Somehow I cannot call them enemies then. I can only say, poor fellow, have I any right to think myself a better man than he? Why do we kill each other? And then he says, Sooner or later, this war will come to an end. Then it is for everyone to live for one object, the rendering impossible of such another conflict forever. How sadly unfulfilled that conviction has remained. The war to end all wars has turned out to be merely the first conflict of the modern age of mechanized and biological fighting with weapons of mass destruction. And so as we remember those who gave their lives from this one small village during the war of 1914-18, and I estimate that possibly a quarter of those who enlisted from here never came back, we are challenged to pray and work for peace and reconciliation. It's hard to believe in a world without wars when there is so much hatred and violence around us today. But Saul the jihadist who became Paul the Apostle of Jesus Christ, shows us how God can and does change lives. Surely the way to peace has to start with a similar change in each individual who is part of the human race. Amen.